0: The following audio is from a sermon series entitled, Practicing the Way of Jesus, a study on the Sermon on the Mount. For more information about Sacred City Church, please visit scmoline.com. Hear the word of the Lord from Colossians 1, 9-14. who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. At the start of every year, we take time. I mean, it's Mark's our anniversary, which is pretty convenient, um, to thank God for another year of ministry, but to take time to really acknowledge the evidences of grace, to celebrate those things, another year of gospel ministry, and and just to praise God for what he's done in us as a church and through us, what he's quickened our hands uh, to do here in the city. Um, and where we live, and, and, and really, so we look back in one sense and look forward in another sense where we're looking forward to what God has for us in the new year and what he's inviting us to participate with the Holy Spirit in. Um, now, if, if, if you were with us last year, maybe you remember this, what I preached on. I mentioned this last week, but uh, I had the vision of doubling my discipleship, and, uh, and uh, 2020... Seem to have other plans for us uh, that did not materialize. Though it was a big vision, big goal, um, lofty goal—a goal that would only be a- a- accomplished by uh, lots of big prayer and faithful uh, stepping out of our comfort zone. Um, it is something that did not materialize like I hoped, like we hoped, um, due to many obstacles. As you can. Uh, imagine we've got the pandemic, uh, which sent us into quarantine for many months, uh, for for a few weeks at least. Um, lots of families moved to all homeschool, having to work from home. We've got this whole masks debacle. We've got we've got social distance. you have got the civil unrest that happened in 2020. Of course, tack tack t- onto that the election that happened, and you know our country more divided politically than ever before. We feel a lot of that angst. Uh, the government confirmed UFOs, so that was weird. Uh, yeah, that was weird. And then just like a lot of grief, like a lot of, a lot of really uh, monumental people like Kobe passed away suddenly this year. And so it just like left people sort of reeling in a way that, Nobody anticipated this stuff happening. Really, the only thing that we could anticipate was the election, because those happen every four years. Um, And so this was, we look back at 2020, and we can confirm that that was a a messy year. And uh, if if I could take a mulligan on 2020, I would probably take that, right? A do-over. We get to run it back and start over and maybe lose some of the stuff that really stunk, um, because it was far from ideal. But even though that there was all of these obstacles and things going on and hardships and trials through 2020, there's still a lot for us to celebrate as a church. Um, And so I want to share with you in the first part of my sermon here, share with you some of the things that are worth celebrating. Because one of the cruxes or one of the the challenging parts of 2020 is so easy to get swept up into the complaining and the griping of all the bad stuff that happened and how frustrating it is. And yes, it is frustrating and we can air that out, but, but... There's so much good stuff that got accomplished in spite of these things, and I want to put them before us and share some metrics and stories that are worth celebrating. Um, If I had to go back and and retitle this past year, I think this year would be like the year of adaptation. We just had to continually be on our toes changing things. I mean, we, we... We would make decisions about how things would go here with all the quarantining and stuff like that. And within 24 hours, it would be irrelevant because the protocols had changed. All these things that we were supposed to do had adapted. And so we had to adapt to those things. Uh, And and a lot of times it was a week by week thing. And, And part of that adaptation was going to 12 weeks of simply like all online preaching to an empty room, uh, you guys are sitting at home in your jammies, eating waffles, watching uh, a sermon being piped into your living room or whatever, and so that, that was different uh, for all of us, I can imagine, for you and for me, um, 12 weeks of this, and then uh, we, we got to Come back together, which was really exciting. But then we spent four or five weeks out on the blacktop, uh, which was, was really cool to be with our families and to see everybody after so long of being apart. But uh, the sun obviously had other plans for us on the blacktop. It got pretty scorcher out there, so uh, we we eventually moved back in. And, and of course, there was a lot of trepidation, a lot of pe- a lot of concerns about is it safe? Is it safe? Is it not safe? Uh, but we adapted. We kept on adapting and kept on adapting as we could. Um, And none of this was ideal. None of this was as planned. None of this was anything that I really want to do over again. Uh, But here's the thing. Looking back on this, I think all of these adaptations, all of these changes that came our way, it demonstrated something special about this church. First of all, we have great members. The members at Sacred City Church are unparalleled. Great volunteers stepping up, people taking on extra responsibility of setting up, tearing down. We've got people helping with the tech and the video and all of the logistics of going digital for, for that, that period of time, kids ministry, adaptations, all of these things that were going on. And people, the members of Sacred City, just stepped up time and time again. It was so cool to see how we didn't back away from adversity, but leaned into it and trusted the Lord through all of it. Secondly, Second cool thing about this was that it showed um, there, is a, there is a radical commitment to the gathering, to the worship of God, and to our church family. Our engagement, though it ebbs and flows, especially on Sunday mornings, depending on who's quarantined, right, because COVID's still happening, uh, our, our engagement has relatively stayed the same. Um, When news outlets are are fear-mongering and telling you nothing's safe, there's still people showing up week in and week out to worship Jesus, to be with the church body, and to to really do what is first of importance, to put the gospel uh, before us. And so I'm grateful that we saw this commitment to worshiping God, a commitment to our church family arise in times where it just seemed like it wasn't the safe thing to do. And I just think of uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, depiction of Aslan, the lion, the Christ figure of the Chronicles of Narnia. You look at at Jesus, and and the question is, like, is he safe? And the response is, no, he's not safe, but he's good. And I feel like that was really manifested here. Jesus, like, there's a sense of coming. Is it really safe? Is it the safest thing? Well, really, the safest thing is to hunker down. But here's the goodness of Jesus compels us to step out. And so I was so grateful to see this commitment, Um, to our our church family and to Jesus and worshiping him. Now, to really grasp the significance of this, I I need to put this in perspective because right now, there are our church uh, strategists, church um, commentators sort of uh, gauging what's going on in the Western world and the church that are predicting that 20% of churches are gonna close their doors in the next 18 months because of COVID. I mean, COVID's part of Kind of probably sped up the process of them closing their doors, because um, most vibrant, healthy churches are, continue to to adapt and to 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 change in order to uh, you know make do with what's going on. And so when we see this, we see twenty percent of churches projected to close their doors in the next eighteen months. We see lots of churches experiencing financial and logistical issues, uncertainty about their future. It just makes me very grateful. Uh, to be part of this church by God's grace, we're seeing 60 to 80% of our church family, like before COVID hit, participate, whether in missional communities, here on Sunday morning, watching from home, right? There's still that engagement. And while we miss people here in the room, we're still engaged. Like there's people still reaching out and staying connected and doing discipleship. Our Sunday mornings might fluctuate depending on who's quarantined, or, but, but here's the reality. Our MCs were innovative, adapting to the times i mean we we made do and endured our zoom meetings man those were brutal were they not but we did it we prioritized the family the church family we still found ways to make disciples to be discipled mc every mc had some sort of modest growth happen throughout this period in time where most churches are dwindling away that's crazy and, and what's even crazier is, as we look to 2021, there are at least a couple of multiplications, missional community-wise, that are about to happen, right? That God is growing our church. Man, it's so exciting as we continue to adapt to the times and the circumstances, and even seeing our, our, the missions, the people and places that we want to bless as a missional community, seeing adaptations and, and, and changes being made to continue to serve and to bless the people in our city through this COVID era, Like there's so much to celebrate there. This was also a year of uh, a big year for developing leaders. We had three Porterbrook graduates in the 2019-2020 academic year. This year, we have 11 students enrolled Um, in this pulpit. We've had over six. Uh, young and emerging preachers, people who are either pursuing ministry as a vocation or wanting to find a way to serve the local church in a lay role, right? Just continuing to develop to become sort of a a, a school, like a, a boots on the ground training facility for young ministers and preachers to cut their teeth. And and really exciting is the fact that we've got three guys who are grinding their way through our elder elder development process, right? Big year leadership development for our church. And one of the most exciting things, I mean, I got a lot of, all of the things are exciting, but as, even as our, our culture continues to secularize, to move further and further away from God, to reject absolute truth, to, to reject the Bible, we continue to hold fast to the Bible. The Bible continues to be central for our worship and spiritual formation. We spent most of the year um, actually between the book of Colossians um, and the Sermon on the Mount, which we continue to make our way through, um, in Matthew's Gospel, and those two sermon series uh, throughout the whole year were separated by a series on revival, which I think made a drastic impact on our church. Um, noticeably changing the way that we worship. I I think that over the last year, we've become more expressive worshipers. Like you can see it in the hands that are being raised, an enthusiasm of a wholehearted presence here in our worship gatherings that I'm very thankful for. And in that, there has been this increased prayerful desire to see revival break out in the Quad Cities and beyond. Like to see God move in big ways in spite of challenges, and obstacles that 2020 has brought before us. And I pray that this continues into the new year, that that longing, this desire, more expressive, worshipful church. Financially, we've remained steady. Praise God that people continue to remain generous, even when, when jobs are sort of like in limbo or we're not sure if we should be... Um, tightening our grip on our things. We continue to be a generous church. We, we've, we've felt some of the effects of COVID, but we continue to experience a steady line of giving, which enables us as a church to give 10% of our budget to church planting. Um, we, we have been supporting um, Fishers of Men Ministry, specifically a church plant in Mwamba, Kenya, um, over the last three years or four years, I guess, um, we, we've supported Mercy's Door Church, uh, an Acts 39 church plant down in Mascuda, Illinois. I love saying that name. Uh, Mascuda, Illinois. Um, we've supported them. That's enabled us to be generous towards them. And in 2021, uh, we are continuing our support for Fishers and Men and the church planting endeavors there, and then shifting our our local church planting money to Hope City Church in Clinton. My friend Nick, who's been here a couple times this past year to preach for me, supporting them as they hit the ground running with their church plant. It's been exciting um, in the realm of church planting to see uh, one of our, our friends plant in Uh, Clinton, but also to be part of a church planting network, part of the Acts 29 church planting network, and part of this year has, um, we've been able to join this new region of Iowa churches and Western Illinois churches in linking arms and really striving and setting out to plant more churches in this region, um, giving towards the Acts 29 church planting fund and praying that God would use us, use Sacred City Moline as a launching pad for future church plants and people that we can link arms with. Some really cool metrics, really cool things to say, God's been at work, God's been doing stuff. But more than the numbers, I'd love the stories of what God's been doing here. I love looking out on Sunday mornings and seeing faces of people whose names have been written down on Post-it notes that we've had in our our MC Post-it note nights, people that we've been praying for and pursuing on mission. I love seeing um, the most unsuspecting people really lead our church in mission, right? Telling people about Jesus and inviting people to church and missional community and sharing life. I love seeing that. I love seeing church people, people who have spent their whole life in church or around churchy things have a a fresh experience of the gospel and what a gospel community should be like here at Sacred City. I love hearing those stories of freedom and liberation, of a, 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 a renewed excitement for what God is doing this year I've had more people share with me breakthroughs um, at the door than ever before. people who walk up to me uh, walk up to me after the gathering and say something in the liturgy, something in the sermon, something in the worship songs that we sing really made a profound impact on them like come to me with tears in their eyes, just the testimony of what God is doing, how he's speaking to our hearts and changing us in really profound ways though our part of our kids' ministry has uh, the, the five- to nine-year-old class, we've sort of shut that down due to volunteer issues. We, we've, we've had more parents say how fruitful these conversations are at home about spiritual matters, right? talking to kids about what they hear in the gathering and, and kind of teaching them what it means to be a church. I love that. I continue to see people step outside of their comfort zone. Right? It's so easy. 2020 is like the cop-out for anything, Like, you could use 2020 as an excuse to do nothing if you want to, yet people continue to step up and step into big roles, serving the church, loving our brothers and sisters in the faith, and being on mission. I love seeing that. Clearly, the Holy Spirit is doing something special here, Even, even in the midst of COVID. And one of the greatest things is how we have been kept united in some of the most divisive times ever. I mean... There are churches that have split over matters that were smaller than what got brought to us in 2020, like arguments over the music style, what color the carpet is. Yet here we are, we're, we're making accommodations for each other. People are, are laying down their preferences to serve their brothers and sisters. It's been an exciting year to see the love of Christ moving through people. It's a big deal, it's a big deal we're celebrating. Now, the last thing that I want to share is a story, actually, and I feel like this story marks two things. It's sort of a big accomplishment, and also just the reality of how God is using people in this church. Um, A a couple of months ago, a few months ago, um, the leaders of the Lido Missional Community came up to us in Huddle, uh, the missional community for MC Leaders, and said, hey, there's a need in our our missional community that we've been made aware of. This, This roof is linking um, somebody in our missional community, their, their roof is leaky, leaking. Um, their stuff is getting ruined. It's a major safety concern. They need a new roof. We don't know how we're going to pay for it, but we're going to do it. Like the Holy Spirit prompted them like this is something that you have to do. Step out in faith and trust. And God provided the means for this new roof to get put on this, this family's home. Um, raise the money. We were part of that. We linked arms with a lot of other people to make this happen. And so that was so cool to see uh, this partnership develop, but to see God provide a new roof. But what's even more exciting about this was the letter that came out of it. And and I'd like to read it to you. I I posted this um, a while back, but I don't know if everybody's heard this, but this is such a powerful letter. Not just the fact that there's a roof on somebody's home right now, but the work that God's done. So let me humor me here for a moment. Hello. My name is Molly. I'm writing to you today to introduce myself. I would first like to tell you of the joy God has granted me. By meeting the people at the Lido Missional Community, hosted by Jesse and Melissa Corns, I have grown so much in my spiritual journey. I truly attribute this to the good work of this loving community of people. My life, like many others at times, has not always been easy. I believed in God, but the church I attended most of my life was rigid, sometimes sad experience. My belief in God has always been very private for fear of ridicule or scorn. Through life experiences of poverty, domestic violence, poor physical and mental health and disability, I have withdrawn from society and the communal experience of God. One day, my neighbor knocked on my door I must admit, when she invited me over to her house for dinner, and after introducing herself, I just nodded. I could send her on her way, thinking, nice person, but not sure what it was all about. No one had asked me to dinner in years. I had a few more notes from her. They landed in the mailbox. I thought, okay, but let the invitation slide. She knocked on my door again, just asking how I was doing, I decided then, if a person wanted me to go to dinner that bad, my conscience demanded I accept. It would turn out to be the best choice I had ever made for, some, for my life in some time. I began to trust people again. I had fun. God was working through these people to teach me life lessons of joy and happiness in a safe, accepting environment. I left my house to be in the grace that shines out from the people in my group. I share myself with others. I lay my burdens in God's hands more readily. I'm beginning to have hope. I am changing. My daughter, who was struggling in life, returned to me this year after graduating college during COVID-19. She, too, now attends this amazing group. I have limited family. My daughter and I are the only family I have. This extended family, though, through this mission, has helped me better my life. I do not feel alone. God walks with me and these people. I feel it. Well, my story is coming to an end. This fall, we had a rainstorm that tore off the shingles of an old roof. I'm on social security disability. My savings went to my daughter and COVID 2020 this year. I have asthma and some COPD that makes uh, mold and water a problem for me. Right now, we keep buckets for the rain that is entering my home. I'm asking for your help. You may give to me. I thank you in advance and bless you for any donation you may grant. In closing, I would like to thank any who have listened to this letter. I would like to thank any who donate. I would like to thank your organization. I would like to thank Jesse and Melissa Corns. I would like to thank the people I have come to know in my missional community group. I give thanks now to the one who means the most, God, in prayer. God bless. Sincerely, Molly. Woo! Praise Jesus! Yeah. See, this is just a testimony, not, not just that the roof got put on our house, but all of those other evidences of grace, how people are opening up their homes and their lives, sharing the hope of Christ with people. Man, I pray that there would be so much more of that in 2021. And even though 2020 was a bit of a dumpster fire this year, God was clearly still at work, lots of things for us to celebrate. And regardless of 20, what 2021 holds, I'm confident That God is continuing his work in us and through us. That the kingdom of heaven will not be thwarted, that Jesus will win. So praise God for 2020. All the good, the bad, the ugly, and what he's accomplished. Now what about 2021? What's what's coming down the pike for us here as a church? Now this year, I cast vision uh, with a little more trepidation. (laughs) Right these lofty goals of 2020, man, I learned from, I got burned by that, I learned my mistake. And so this year what I want to do is to present to you what I'm praying for, what I'm asking God to accomplish in and through this church, and really it's a prayer that I'm hijacking from the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Colossians. And I'm praying these things for sacred to the Let me read this to you. Paul says to the church in Coloss. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now there's so much to dig into here and we spent a lot of time in this passage last year so if you want to really dig in here, go back to the sermon archives, our podcast, but let me just draw out four things from this prayer that I'm going to be praying for, and I'm asking that you would join me in praying that God would accomplish this in our church. And and as I pray for these things, I'm gonna suggest how we can participate with the Holy Spirit in bringing things about. The first thing is that we would know more. It's my prayer, that we would know more. When Paul says, We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then he goes on in verse 10 to say, increasing in the knowledge of God. My prayer is that we would know more, not just a little bit more, because that's not Paul's prayer. His, His prayer is for us to be filled with the knowledge of God. This sort of cup flowing over, this awareness that's so in front of us that we cannot escape it or avoid it, to know God in a profound way. Now, here's why this is important. Most of the people who were thrown around in the, in the waves and the wind of 2020, in the circumstances that they had no control over, the reason why we get thrown around is because our eyes are set on something else. Our hope is anchored in something else. It might be political, hoping that our, our, our candidate, our party, would take some power and make things the way that we see are right. It might be sort of in the realm of uh, epidemiology, right? Knowing how this virus spreads and having this knowledge so we can best fight it off and keep it away. It might be in economics, making sure our, our jobs stay put, we don't lose some of the luxuries that we have in this first world country that we live in, right? All of these people who get tossed around have their eyes, all their their hopes sort of anchored in something else. Because none of these things really are are steadfast and secure. They can drift one way or the other, tank one left or right. And when our hearts and our minds are filled with these things, really what it accomplishes isn't this sense of security and peace. It, It generates more fear and resentment. This is why it's so important for us to be filled with the knowledge of God, pleading for spiritual wisdom and understanding. We want to be people who know how to live in the complex times that we're facing, to have spiritual wisdom, to navigate these times, to have discernment, to trust God's sovereignty, because it's not just a matter of knowing how to do things the right way, but entrusting ourselves to the God who cares for us. To know God, to have knowledge of God is to know his character, to know what kind of God he is, to know that he's in control, that he's powerful, but he's also compassionate towards us. Now, to know God involves an intellect, right? Our minds have to be stimulated, right? Paul talks about in other prayers that our hearts and minds would be transformed, so there is a piece of this that's intellectual, but ultimately to know God is a relational endeavor. To know God is to be in relationship with God. It's not to know about God. It's not just that. Like it's it's not just like to know about LeBron James, like all of his stats, where he comes from, all of these things. But actually to have a relationship with him, it's a completely different thing. This is what it means to know God, to know, to, to have this deep connection to him. And the more that we know God, the more that we see him and his character and his goodness, the more we are enabled to trust him. See, that's what I'm praying, that we would know more. That we'd know God, filled with the knowledge of God. Now, how do we do this? How do we go about knowing God? Well, really, there's, there's nothing like crazy. It's actually pretty simple spiritual disciplines It's really pretty ordinary participation and engagement, right? It means opening up your Bible. One of the gifts that we've given you this year, I don't know if you saw it on Realm already, but but access to the Dwell Bible app. It's this incredible Bible app that reads Scripture to you. Great narrators. it's, It's incredible. You can go on our website. You can go on Realm. There's a link. You can get it for yourself. Find a Bible plan. Commit to reading the Bible or having the Bible read to you. I think it's better to open up your Bible and read the pages. But hearing God's word and being saturated in it, that way we would know God more. That's how he's chosen to reveal himself to us. Be intentional with prayer. See, these things that I'm I'm inviting us to pray for as a church, also pray for yourself. Pray for your family, your missional community family. Set time aside in your day, even if it's two minutes, to spend time in prayer and commune with God. Find good books to read, something to study, something to engage your intellect. Maybe you need to be thinking ahead for the next year of book. Is this something that, that's worth engaging in, diving deeper in your understanding of God? Being here on Sunday mornings, gathering with God's people, underneath the preaching of God's word to participate in the elements to hear the liturgy, sing our songs, lift up our praises to God, right? It's being invested and engaged with our church family because this is the context in which God works. God primarily works within the context of community. See, this is how God invites us to know him more. But God doesn't allow us to know him more for the sake of intellectual acquisition, It's not merely an informational or relational thing. See, God wants us to know him fully so that we will be transformed. It's a transformation thing. See, this is what Paul says as he goes on. He says, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. What's he saying here? That you would bear fruit in every good work. You would do good. God wants to transform us, to change us in such a profound way that we would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, in a way that reflects the glory and the grace of Jesus. No matter where we are, no matter what our circumstances is, that we would bear fruit by doing good in our city, in our workplace, in our homes, that we would love, serve, and bless those around us. Now, in order to do good, you have to be able to take your eyes off yourself. That's what it takes. You have to have some self-forgetfulness in order to give yourself to doing good for the betterment of other people. If you're self-occupied, you can't do this, so we fix our eyes on God. We sort of displace ourselves from the center of our universe so that God could be the central part which changes us into people who can actually do good. That we would be aware of the Holy Spirit and follow his prompts as he leads us to serve, to bless, to do good in our city. So that our cities, our neighborhoods, our homes, our church are in better shape when 2021 comes to an end. Now, not only does this mean like doing tangible acts of kindness and goodness, we got to rely on the Holy Spirit, his promptings, how he's leading us to, to live and to navigate in this world, but it... It's also a matter of being a certain type of person, right? To know God so well, to be so resolute and so settled in your soul, like kind of like what we was saying about this morning, like it is well with my soul. So no matter what's coming at our way, we have this settledness where we can be a peaceful, prophetic presence. See, our, our culture, our world is just in a, a frenzy of anxiety, and one of the best things, one of the most good things that we can do is to be a peaceful, prophetic presence no matter where we are. To not get caught up in the hubbub of, of the year, of, of the chaos of the year. But to know that God is in control, God is sovereign, and to speak that truth over people. So we know more, we do good. The third one is that we joyfully endure. This might be the most relevant uh, of the of the four here that I want to throw out in front of you today. It's because 2020 required so much of us. 2020 was hard. It seemed like we were working. It's, who's the guy who pushes the boulder up the hill, right? That's what we were. Day in and day out, the boulder goes back up the hill, we gotta push it. My hope for us is that we would joyfully endure this year, just in line with... With verse 11, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Not just for this first month of 2021, but for the entirety of 2021 and beyond, that we would have this grace-powered stamina to resist apathy, to, to resist the temptation to bail when things aren't going our way or when things get hard that we might draw from the glorious might of Jesus, which is available to us right now, that we would turn to him and rely on him to be strengthened with, Paul says, with all power so that we can press on, not just to, to keep our nose down or head down and keep grinding it out, but to do so with joy. This, I think, is one of the unique things about the Christian faith. It's not just that we can endure hard times and make it through the other side. It's that we do things that are hard, endure things that are hard with joy, with patience, drawing from the power of Christ. Because that's what it takes, people. That's what it takes to get through the hardships is to draw from the power of Christ. And the third, fourth, final thing for praying for this year is that we would worship hard. I'm not talking about like hard music. You know, Trent's probably praying for that, like heavy metal I'm talking about worshiping with an enthusiasm and a gusto, right? Like like this sort of determined set in our soul to no, to worship no matter what happens. That God would increase our affections for Jesus in the year of 2021. That we be people marked by worship and thankfulness that spills into all of life. And this is what Paul prays for in verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. See, in order for us to worship hard, we have to have the gospel before us at all times. The gospel has to continue to be good news that, that soothes the, the wounds of our soul, that gives us a power to step forward in the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. That we'd be people so enraptured by the glory of the gospel that we never, that our taste buds would not grow dull to its sweetness. Because we have this inheritance as children of light, we've been adopted. We've been delivered from the domain of darkness that this world and all the hardships that we might face under the curse of of sin, this is not the final word for us as Christians. God has greater plans, something that's coming to new heavens and new earth that's going to propel us into the glory of the new creation, and we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. See, we're not bogged down by the brokenness, by the curse of sin. We have every reason to worship and to celebrate day in and day out, no matter what comes our way. See, this is all ours because what Jesus has done for us. In fact, Jesus is the one who does all of this. He's the one who is filled with the knowledge of spiritual wisdom, that Jesus followed and entrusted himself to the Heavenly Father. It ultimately led him to a cross, but on the other side of the cross, he endured. There was joy set before him and for the church. See, Jesus did good all the time. There was never a moment in Jesus' life where he failed to do good or just was neutral, always was good. See, Jesus is giving us a gift in himself, something for us to emulate, to follow after, but only if we see him as our savior, as the one who's pulled us out of the domain of darkness. This is the good news of the gospel, that we can change, that we can be transformed by the grace of God. And as God transforms us, he renews our city. See, our vision at Sacred City Church has always been the same. The mission has always been the same, always will be. Make disciples, plant churches, and renew the city. And when we boil what I'm talking about down here, when we know more, when we do good, when we joyfully endure and we worship hard, we're committing ourselves to the basics of discipleship. We're taking responsibility for our own discipleship in this year. That we would have an enthusiastic and sustained year of gospel transformation, asking God to do big things in our lives and participating with the Holy Spirit. So at the end of 2021, we can say as a church, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what obstacles we face, the Lord has accomplished great things, not just in us, but through us that the mission of God continues to advance. The glory of Jesus is being known in this world as the waters cover the sea. This is what I'm asking for, that you would join me in this prayer, to give yourself to this, to help you pray for this. I've I've, I've got these bookmarks. It's really simple. Put them in your Bible. No more, do good, joyfully endure, worship hard. Let's pray that God would do this in our church this year. That God would surpass all of our hopes, all of our wildest dreams. That this year, 2021, would be a year of of radical gospel transformation for us as a church. And by the grace of Jesus, we'd see more and more people come to know the love and grace that Jesus offers sinners like us. So let me leave you with this final, I guess, a commission from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The author says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us do this. Let's no more do good, joyfully endure, and worship hard for the glory of Jesus and for our good. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you brought us through a crazy year, that you gave us the grace that we needed to make it through. And and as we face hardships and trials, we could always count on you. We pray that 2021, we would be more readily, um, more readily reach out to you for help that you would enable us to endure, that all power would be embedded in us, that we would not forsake the, the, the unlimited power resource that's available to us in the spirit in Jesus, that we would draw from it, that we would see the gospel day in and day out as being sweet to us. And would you change us powerfully in a way where we can commune with you? Because that's ultimately, Jesus gave us access to you that we would know you Would you allow us to take Jesus up on that offer, to enter in that deep relationship with you and change us for our good and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.